0: G'day everyone welcome to the Jock and Journo podcast. I'm Jay Clark from the Herald Channel with me is the captain of the Collingwood Football Club. Scotty Penderbury 12 hours after what must be one of the most disappointing losses of the past couple of years. How are you mate? Good thanks Jay. Um, yeah very
1: disappointed with um, yesterday's game and um, yeah it was um, yeah it was just a frustrating game for us We had moments and I thought there was patches there where you know, I think we even hit the front in the third quarter there for all of 15 seconds and, um, yeah, we showed patches and, you know, we're in games of footy but we're just not executing well enough and, um, you know, the num- numbers sometimes can lie because they, they look pretty good for us but the scoreboard, the main one that you want's um, not in our favour.
0: 23 more inside 50s, my friend. How many of those were junk ones? Um, oh, I don't have
1: the exact numbers but I would, I would say Essendon defended us pretty well and I think... Um, what does that mean? Well, I think they defended the middle of the ground pretty well and um, you know, we didn't sort of go in there as much as what we could have and I think it was open and we, we didn't attack it after you know, we turned over a couple of balls and it's almost... Um, you know, they were able to have that perceived pressure and we kept
0: entering the ball from, from wide and it's pretty easy to defend when you know the kick can only go into one spot. So is that the Collingwood plan, to go slow and to go wide or do you guys want to be daring with the footy and attack the corridor? get it into good positions for your forward line we want to be smart
1: with the footy we want to go quick when we can we want to go corridor when it's open we want to go boundary when that's open um yeah we want to we want to be smart footballers and play the game and i i think at the moment um we're not we're not executing that well clearly we're not executing that so we just need to address it and um you know i said like this time last week that it is something that we are working on so we've identified it and um you know, it's going to take more than one week to fix, but hopefully it doesn't take six
0: or seven weeks to fix. You're one and four, mate. It puts you in we a are. deep, deep hole. Does it? It does. Why? Yeah. Because you need to turn this season around very quickly. Play Geelong this weekend off a five-day break, and you got Carlton. Which, mind
1: you, playing on a five-day break after a loss is the best thing that can happen. Oh. Please explain why that would possibly be the case. Well, you get a chance to go back out there so quickly. You don't have to wait. Like last week, just waiting nine days to play Anzac Day after the St Kilda game. You want to get back out there as quick as you can to, to address the issues. And you can train, you can talk about it, everything. But, you know, there's two hours when you've got to display the action of
0: training, all the talk. You've got to back it up on match day. You, you, you're going to be... Uh, you're clearly disadvantaged because... Why? Well, the Cats will have... A leg, they will have more legs than you. I mean, you guys are going to train Friday. You might train for forty minutes. They got
1: forty-four set,
0: forty-four legs, and we've got forty-four legs. But you, in today's <laughs> game, that is clearly an, that is clearly a challenge. That is clearly an issue for uh, you.
1: Oh, the, the day get, breaks. Yeah, yeah. They got a I couple extra well, I think they've got and seven, and you changes.
0: You're gonna to have to make changes. Insert oh, some well, fresh legs. We didn't legs have in any video. injuries at either AFL or VFL level.
1: I'm, I don't think.
0: I'm glad you bring this up, Scott, because. of football public in every office this morning, every super coach conversation was about you being injured. People are convinced you are injured, mate. Tell us, is it your Achilles, your knee, your hamstring? What's going on? Um, Are you injured? I said to you before off
1: air that I think yesterday was my worst game that I've played in 10 years. Really? Um, Yeah, I just wasn't impactful and, um, you know, whether it was little stints up forward that I did and, or um, through the midfield, I just felt that I wasn't impactful. And, um, you know, it certainly wasn't through a lack of effort or, or running or work rate. It's just. So, how did, you, how did your numbers stack? How was your running? How yeah, did that stack up? It was the most I've done in the game this year. So You ran the most you yeah, did yesterday, Jason th- tail. That's all, all, all it felt season. like. So, um, yeah, certainly, you know, I was very disappointed. And, um, you know, they can ask questions or whatever they want, but ultimately, I'm, you know, driven by. Um, good performances and and team performances. So, I was very filthy that I didn't play my part yesterday. And um, you know, but footy is bigger than one person. So we've got to be able to, you know, play a good game of footy if I have a down one, and um, you know, or if Adzie has a down one, we want to be a strong collective of twenty two. And um, you know, I put my hand up and said I didn't play my role, and you know, I wasn't alone in that. So we have got to make sure we have weighted numbers when we you know play on match day, whether it's you know. You need, I reckon, 17, 18 guys saying, you know, I clearly won my position today to to get a win. You're a
0: proud and competitive person, mate. You haven't played too many bad games in the past 10 years. But how did that sit with you last night? So you come to the footy club, you do your recovery, you go home to your wife, Alex, and you sit on the couch. And is that what you think about? Does that stew in your mind? Does that sit in your guts?
1: Yeah, the most disappointing thing about my performance on a personal level is just that it doesn't sit well knowing that you let the side down. Um, you know I can cop playing a bad game if we win, but playing a bad one when, when you lose it's it 's almost you know it adds to it and um, yeah, I was just really disappointed you know I think I have built up a a career of you know being able to make my bad games at least serviceable and I think yesterday mm-hmm. I think yesterday I, I fell away, and um, you know I, I played a bad game and it was a really bad game it wasn 't serviceable even so um, yeah look i 'll look to address that during the week and, and just get to work with. You know, we probably won't train much this week But look forward to, to bouncing back against the Cats And fulfilling my
0: role I want to go back to the week before against St Kilda for a second as well But before we do that Let's listen to the coach of your football club Nathan Buckley And how he addressed uh, your game after the loss The 18 point loss to Weston
1: I spoke to him during the week And he, he said that he wasn't feeling great in the game But there was nothing imp- not, nothing from an injury perspective Yeah, we, we rely on our leaders to stand up And Pendles you know, would be dirty on his performance he'll be dirty about where we're at and we'll find out how dirty when we get five days time out to Cats
0: you are dirty clearly <clears throat> the week before against St Kilda you spent some extra time on the bench the third quarter again people think you're injured I put to you Scotty that you had a virus uh, for the bulk of the week and it was a bit of an energy thing you weren't feeling well
1: um. Yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't my greatest preparation for a game against the Saints, and um. Yeah, I just even before the game even started, I felt like I'd already played a game of footy. Yeah. Um, Did you nearly miss the game? No, I didn't nearly miss the game. It was something that was going around the club a little a bug. bit. A bargain. Um. Yeah, I was just almost had sea legs for the whole game, and just felt like I was running around out there, watching a game of footy instead of playing it. And I actually, you know, against the Saints, I thought. I was able to, able to still be serviceable and play my role um you know for the for the better part of the game and um you know at least help the team you know when I was out on the field but uh, yeah as I said yesterday it was um just a shocker and um
0: hopefully the last one for the year last one on this mate what does it mean for the, the big picture because your coach has already said that you know if you don't make finals this year he's going to he's going to lose his job so do you take that a bit personally now um i think as
1: a side and as a club the beauty of footy as i said we've got five days now to to turn it around and uh, it's it is so cliche but you just look so quickly you get over a game and that's why i said before about five day break had we have won we probably want a nine day break so you can use all that energy and enthusiasm but yeah, we're just looking forward to getting out there against Geelong and, um, you know, playing good footy. And, you know, we know that we'll be in the game of football because of, of how we play, but we've just got to add a bit of polish to our
0: game. You kept in the the, uh, the player meeting after the game. Buckley Nathan Buckley went straight up to you, arm um, around you, to, uh, talking to you. As you leave the ground, you go into the players' meeting. He goes for 20 minutes. What was the tone of that? We're um, just speaking about accountability and
1: getting, you know, making sure that for 120 minutes you can stick to your role and um, – you know, mentally be strong enough to see it out all game and we can't have little lapses where you just deviate from the plan for for two minutes because if, you know, you add that across the board, there's 46, 48 minutes of a game where everyone has a two-minute lapse and and you fall away. So, um, yeah, but just sticking together and making sure we listen to what's happening within our four walls and um, addressing the issues that need to and, um, yeah, the tone coming out was let's get ready for a quick turnaround and make sure we're physically ready to go for the cats. So you got an upbeat ending. So you walked out of that room feeling, oh, after any any loss, you you gutted. Yeah, yeah. You, you do your work and you gutted. You know, it's it's almost in your world getting a performance review every week, and almost getting it feels like you get fired probably every every weekend when you have a loss. And it's brutal like that. Yeah, and when you have industry. a win, you probably feel like you're getting promoted. Um, and the the beauty of it though is it bounces around so quickly. So you know, who's to say we can't come out and win our next three games of football? Um, or, you know, we might come out and lose our next three games of football. It's the unknown. But the beauty of what we do is we get a chance, to know, usually
0: maximum every seven days, to, to go out and have another crack. Before we finish on this, mate, how's the system, the Collingwood system of play? Because people will say that the ball use in particular ranks, I think, last in the AFL, that it's systematically broken. Clearly, the forwards are having an issue getting a good supply, down on confidence, Darcy in particular. Mason came in and had his first mark in the last quarter how's the system going yeah I think as I said before
1: I think just being a little bit smarter with the footy is, will really help and I think the thing with inside 50s you know we had 66 and um, they were able to defend really well and then you know they probably get out of their back 50 then we defend well and we, it goes back in and it's probably caught in that battle for a little bit where they stand up to 5 repeat entries and then you know they had 43 entries but you know it goes in once take a mark kick a goal they don't get repeat entries any of that sort of stuff so um, yeah we're as I said, we're working on it. We, we think we know what the problem
0: is and we've just got to fix it. Hey, we'll move on. The recovery is going to be a big issue for you guys um, this week. Uh, ice baths are a myth. Do you guys do ice baths anymore? We do. do no you? one seems to enjoy them. Well, yeah, no one enjoys them. But
1: we do – yeah, you still do ice baths. You do? Um, I'm not sure what the research – behind them if it actually works but i already. think it i think <laughs> it is a placebo effect and it's a um, myth i know some of the research i've certainly read it's yeah it is it's a, it is a bit of a myth um but you know it's, it's probably something that's been in the program that long now that guys probably feel like they're you know, leaving a stone unturned if they don't do it. So it's probably more of a mental check off than than anything. So what do you do? What did you do this morning? Well, for me, I find that getting in the pool and and walking laps and movement in the pool Mm -hmm. really frees me up and opens me up. And, um, you know, for me today, it's it's getting out, getting a bit active, whether it's going for a walk with the dog and, um, you know, there's – the new thing that's coming out, you know, the, the chirotherapy or cryotherapy, whatever it's called, where you sort of – I think it hits minus 180 degrees. The freeze chamber. The freeze chamber. That's a good way of looking <laughs> at it. So I do that for – did it this morning for – it's three minutes um, and it's – That's blast furnace cold, like super yeah, cold. Yeah, I think it gets to – I think it's minus 120 or 150 degrees Can't in, in there for three minutes. Um, it hurts. It's not It fun. does. It hurts. <laughs> um, you feel like your body's about shrinkage. to shut down and um, a little bit of shrinkage and <laughs> – yeah, and then you get out and, it, and you do, you do feel good and, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, and, and most guys, uh, I think, are smart enough to know that nutrition, hydration, sleep, you know, they're probably the most three important
0: things in recovery. How did you sleep last night, mate? Oh, okay. Sketchy. Sketchy? Oh, sketchy, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that? sketchy. Oh. Well, a couple of hours?
1: Um, yeah, I reckon I would have done about, well, probably 45 minutes before I woke up and then I'd be tossing and turning. You just Thinking think about the game? You just think about the game all night. And yep think about things that you need to get better at and, and, you know, personally and on a team level that you want to address. So, um, you know, I wish I could sleep after a game, but I can't. And then I watched the game this morning. That's sort of almost like for me, the <laughs> allowing it to... <laughs> love that. Oh, well, I just get to look at it and then I'm all right. I feel like I'm a bit more sane after I've watched
0: it. emotion dies down a little bit. After I watch a game and do a match report, you go home, a couple of beers, sort of watch it again on a replay, and I think about all the good things that I missed in the story or how I could have better conveyed something. I find that a very frustrating experience because you're looking for perfection in your story or whatever. Um, And uh, often I find that very frustrating, but three beers in 30 minutes usually (laughs) helps me sleep. After that, we're talking about recovery. What about uh, a couple of years ago, it was all about altitude, wasn't it? You went, you climbed mountains in Colorado, you spent... Scaling these great heights McMoldhouse was a huge fan You Still use the old Altitude room mate
1: No we don't We haven't done Altitude training For a few years now um, We've obviously Got the room here um, You know it, it can be used As a heat chamber As well for us Because it's so big Which is the fad now which Yeah is the- which is Sort of the, the buzz thing Over pre-season um, But yeah I suppose all that Sort of stuff You know, a lot of research has backed up that you probably need to do it really close to the season and you need to go again and um, soft cap and all that sort of stuff probably prohibited that happening. Did you enjoy those trips? I love those trips. Yeah. Um, More than anything, just for the team bonding and getting away and, you know, when you're 19, 20 and you get to go to America on a training camp, it is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, and and the team bonding, getting to know the senior guys better and... Yeah, I definitely miss that we can't do those trips anymore because of the um, soft cap.
0: Is it right that Eddie Maguire went on with you guys one time nearly had a heart attack getting to the top of the mountain? Yeah,
1: well, I think he nearly had the the heart attack getting from the bus to the base of the mountain. <laughs> 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 in fairness to Eddie, because I was in that group that left first, me and um, Daisy Thomas were in that group, the two yes. players, because we played in the International Rules series. Yes. So we had, the, we had the lighter schedule, which was to go with all the execs and walk up and To Eddie's credit, at the start, I thought he would have been cooked because he was struggling a fair bit with altitude sickness and he got all the way to the top and back. So I don't think you would have made it, Jay, if you were in his state. Probably not,
0: Mentally, mentally tough achievement by Ed. I saw him after the game yesterday, mate. And I wondered if he was also going to have a heart attack after the uh, performance. Um, I don't know. I think he looks that like, looks that way, win or, win or lose, doesn't he? <laughs> he needed the uh, to win that. He wanted to win that game. He was uh, quite wound up. Hey, interesting tweet from you during the week. Follow your social media, mate. And you uh, said of Joel Selwood, who you're going to confront in very close quarters um, coming weekend, that he played one of the great individual games uh, against St. Kilda. Equal high, 43 possessions. As I said, you take him on this weekend. Who is he? Your most admired opponent over the past ten years? So you started to that start of two thousand and six. Who would be your most admired opponents over that journey?
1: Yeah, well, with I suppose on the weekend sitting there watching the game on TV, and it's obviously you know a fairly big game of the round, and um, you know I thought his second half in particular was huge. He, Don't pump him up too much. Oh, maybe. his influence on the game was massive in the second half, yep. and. Um, yeah it's probably the second time this year that he's dragged them over the line and um you know i've come through with with joel we played state together in under 18s he probably doesn't even remember who i was but i knew who he was um yeah, <laughs> and, then, basketball yeah and then pretty. we obviously he won the rising star and i was second that year and so we've come through and um but yeah in terms of players over the last sort of 10 years or over my career that i used to love playing against who would um I, who's the number one oh, lenny hayes is my favorite I mean, all time yeah. every time we played st kilda i would Beg, to can I play on him, please? Really? I just loved the way, the way he played footy I thought he was a great offensive player But he was also very accountable running the other way And um yeah, everything you did, you had to work for against him And it wasn't like you knew that offensively He'd be, you had to stop him offensively But then defensively, he would just give nothing mm-hmm. So um yeah, I, I thought, I'll give you my top five Go on Alright, so then, we, then we'll talk Then, we, then we can talk Yep so, so Hayes so is one Just before
2: you start This is the this top This is Brayden, everyone This is the man <laughs> I, of the people I just thought I'd, I'd jump in How are you, mate? Jay turns his back to me So he doesn't Doesn't have to look at me every week Facing uh, you, my friend uh, So this is your top five Since you've been playing Since 05 Top five since 05 Well, that's good. when I was drafted That's a good hashtag All right We'll put it out after this Okay, beautiful <laughs> So, so l- my top
1: five Yep This is, yes yeah, so Since I've been playing And players I loved playing against Yep so the ones you admire and respect Yeah, yeah So it's clear They're going to be guys Older than me um, Because when you're 18 You don't respect anyone Your own age Because you always think You're the best <laughs> um, Hayes was one Yep
0: Simon Black two Yes Another bloke You would have played Very closely uh, Yeah. Yep Against Joel Corey three Joel, see He not, wasn't a brilliant player Wasn't necessarily A highly skilled player Why would you choose him? There were a lot more talented so Players said, than Joel Corey We'll
1: talk after I
0: finish Sorry Yep Four is Gaz Junior Your mate
1: Yeah And five Sean Burgoyne so That's Sean. my top That's my top five A lot of mid They're all midfielders Yeah why well, know Because I'm a midfielder And that's the guys I admire the most I didn't
2: I didn't go to the footy And watch
1: Nick Rewalt When I was 19 To see our centre half forward play It's
2: wasted my time guys that He enjoyed playing on Yeah yeah So it's not like He's
0: centre half back Yeah exactly right So why Simon Black The cleanness Um it, he was just a guy that I thought um,
1: probably similar to my athletic abilities where you, you're not relying on you know, speed. breakaway speed or you know, physically dominating opponents um, yeah I thought he was super smart, classy, good runner clean, every time he got it he did something with it um, used to watch him all the time in my first few years go to games, whenever Brisbane played in Melbourne I'd just go and watch him and I learnt so much off him and then as I said, I, when I got the chance
0: in the midfield, I'd always asked to play on him. Gave me a piggyback after he finished third in the Brownline medal around the dance floor of the after party about 4 a.m. or um, one night. I'll never forget that. I can't remember what year it was, which was quite amusing at the time. Joel Corey, why him? Um,
1: what talent talented plays in that Geelong? Yeah, I think he was the guy that, I don't know if it was overlooked, but it sort of didn't get much credit at all. Underrated. I thought he was their best two way player in their powerhouse teams that. Um, you know, and I played on him a lot of times when we yeah. played Geelong, and he was he was a physically imposing guy. He was six foot three. Hurts. Um, he could run like you know run like the wind and um, use the footy well. He was hard. He was tough. He was all those things, and um, I used to love any chance I could to, to play on him because yeah, as I said, I respected the way he played footy, and um, yeah, I suppose all the accolades went to uh, his counterparts in there, but I thought he was one of the main drivers. You make Gaz Junior is four.
0: I'm a bit surprised he's that low.
1: Yeah, well, I've never really played on on Gaz. I never really wanted to play on Gaz. <laughs> so he's probably he's probably harsh, harsh um, in that regard. But, yeah, as I said, I think being on the same – it's probably the same with him and Sean Berger, And to be honest. I've never played much time on either guy. Yeah. But with Gaz, just some games that I've played and he's turned into a blinder, you just think, you know, is this guy taking the mickey out of the <laughs> game of football? Because yeah. the ball actually talks to him. And I reckon, you know, he's got it on a string and – you know, so I've been on the end of some of his on his, some of his finest games where he's, you know, absolutely destroyed Collingwood. So, um, yeah, and they really stick out in your mind, those games. And Shawnee Burgoyne? Well, as a midfielder, I, like one day we, against Port Adelaide, we tagged him and he had 18 clearances.
0: Wow. And just, like, games like that stand out. And he was so quick. See, I still think of him as a halfback flanker. Like, if I think of ultimate Shawnee Burgoyne, yeah. I think of him as that classy boy. No, he's like I, he's such a
1: good clearance player. He's impossible to tackle. He's strong. He's still quick now. Um, and him and Brendan Laid at Port Adelaide were unbelievable. And, you know, he, w- he was a guy that I would ask to play on, but I'd actually just – the coach would say, no, you can't because <laughs> yeah. he will destroy
0: you. So, um, yeah, really, really admired those guys. Hodge, uh, Gibson may retire at the end of the year. I wonder whether Shawnee Berg will ever will go around a, uh,
2: again. Before we move on, we'll put that out as a question for Jock and Jono on Twitter. So just give us your best five since 05. Yep. Best five since 05 and hashtag it jock and journo, jock, A-N-D, journo. And that is obviously excluding Collingwood
0: players. You're not talking about your teammates here. You're talking about your opponents. Hey, what's hot and what's not? We like to do this. We're going to get to some basketball and some boxing uh, very soon, mate, because your man, Manny Pacquiao, is in the country and doing his thing before the big fight with Jeff Horn. And I know you love this, man. But uh, what's hot What's hot in footy at the moment, Scotty? Or the pies? I've gone
1: basketball for my what's hot (laughs) i've gone with joe ingles at utah um you know i think at the start of the year he was being played sort of sparingly off the bench um, off the bench now is the starter at a playoff team that potentially has just gone up three two i think the game's deep in the last quarter at the moment so um you know and he's the ultimate role player he does everything so well he defends now the, the best guy he Hits the open threes when he needs to, he makes extra pass when he needs to. He's um, you know, in in football if you had twenty two Joe Ingalls playing for your team, you'd win
0: most weeks because he's a glue he does team man. Yeah, he's he's the glue that makes Utah run. You know what? He's gonna get paid too because yeah, I think he's on about maybe two million dollars a year at yeah, the minute. I think between say two and three. Wow. It's about to jump to him. Yeah. Ex- well Delaware got ten a year. Yeah. Um, I think Joe might be looking at fifteen. 18s. And remember the Clippers... <laughs> that is huge. Uh, remember the Clippers cut him yeah. a couple of years ago too. And after Blake Griffin vouched
1: for him and said that you know, Joey he, he, was my guy, they still cut him.
2: We'll that. be able to ask him all these questions.
1: Oh We'll get him on here. <laughs> we'll get him on here. It's, yeah, it's a big call. He's, he's a mate of yours. So you, did you play, yeah, we pl- play we together? played. we played a little bit um, with each other and then um, against each other. So, um, yeah, we still talk a little bit and um, we'll get him on here. He, he'll... Yeah, when he's, when he's out in Australia, he'll... Um, We'll get him to phone in.
0: Who was the better three point um, tuner back in the he's day? He's
1: an You're him. <laughs> well back in the day. He was very streaky back in the day.
0: <laughs> he was very streaky, but um yeah, I won't answer that. Joe can answer that. My What's Hot, you played against him uh, yesterday. Anthony McDonald, tipping tip woody. I couldn't believe he wasn't in the votes for the Anzac Day medal because it's all about endeavour and selflessness and sacrifice and mateship and his pressure that he put on you guys uh, yesterday, Scott. I know he only had four tackles, but a lot of this is implied Perceived. too. yeah. Yep. He would get a game. He come off the rookie list. He would get a game in every team in the competition yeah, at the call. moment. And in terms of a uh, recruiting masterstroke for a club, which has uh, been penalised, which is coming up off the canvas, I think this is just one of the best stories in footy at the moment. And um, his upside is is huge. Once he yeah. bids that midfield tank, uh, that tank to go into the midfield, uh, he's going to be an absolute weapon. And I reckon yeah. he makes defenders even as it is. Yeah. Very very nervous. Who would yep. you give your vote well, to? I to ask you. How do they work out who wins the Anzac medal? Like, that's just based on the values. It's not even necessarily has to be the best player. It's sort of who best um, you know embodies the, the Anzac Day values. You know, mateship, sacrifice, etc. No, no,
1: sorry, like who? Like how do they what pick do who gets to vote for it?
0: Well, uh, it's, no, it's whoever. Like it's Brad Sewell voted, Jake Nile voted, Mark Robinson from the Herald Sun, and that's I think that's Collingwood and Essendon. The media team sort of choose. Um, who should? Yep. Um, so I thought McDonald's being woody should have been there. Hey, what's not? Um, I said Jesse Hogan last week. Another Melbourne player, Jordan Lewis. So he got suspended for three games for whacking Patrick Cribbs, fractured his jaw. Melbourne go and lose three games in pretty close, um, pretty close margins. How would he be feeling at the minute? I put it to you be feeling. Pretty down guilty because they've won a lot of quarters of footy, Melbourne. Yeah, uh, I think the fourth most quarters. But in clutch moments, big moments, teams have kicked runs of goals against them, and that's really cost them. Lewis's leadership, and that's why he went to that footy club, um, has been really missing. And they play this weekend. He's back. Hogan's back. Obviously made his return against Richmond, and uh, I think he owes his teammates. Is well, that they, fair? Play, they play the Bombers, don't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think. Luke Hodge was, I think, calling the game that Melbourne were playing with on the weekend and he said that it'd be the perfect game for Jordan Lewis to be playing in. I think that's probably rubbing salt into the wound a bit for for Jordan. But, um, yeah, he'd be absolutely filthy on himself because he's got rubbed out for three games and he'd want to be there and, and help his teammates through. And, um, but it's not solely on Jordan why they're losing a close no. game of footy. Um, no. You know, every player knows what they're supposed to do. It's just at the time they fall into a lapse or they see something they like and – they just forget, and they get caught up in the moment. It's understandable. It's a massive game. You know, 85,000 people were there. And, you know, I watched the game, and I thought it was, you know, Melbourne controlled that game for pretty much all but the last quarter. Yeah. But they didn't put the score on the board. And it I think that's a common... Oh, yeah, the, would, the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And that obviously hurt their forward structure a fair bit. And, um, you know, the, the, they lost two. I think they lost Watts out of the forward line. The um, Spencer. Spencer was their ruck. The other um, guy playing his Smith. second game, Smith. Broke his ribs So I reckon Smith would have rocked. Watts would have stayed four But he'd yeah. broken his ribs So um, Yeah he'd be The whole footy club at Melbourne Would be You know annoyed That they've lost three games They feel they should have won They're going to they're, get They're not alone in the competition Thinking that they've Should have won games that mm. They could be five was, and zero I, I sit here thinking that We, we could be five and zero mm. Kick straight But
0: We're not We're one and four I Have a chat to Alex for solo too Just before I leave that Scotty um, Do you reckon he's psyched out Faz no, Looks I, psyched out You no, talked to well, him When he went back And was lining out for one shot I reckon you had a word to him I couldn't yeah, yeah. be making that up oh, I,
1: No, did no I, did, I did I said just go through your routine And take your time
0: I reckon um, he's been psyched out
1: No I, th- I look, the, the worst thing for Faz at the moment Would be if he's not actually Getting shots on goal mm. So He's doing 95% right And once he puts one through Faz's confidence Will get back to 100 we Will go from naught to 100 real quick and, and he'll be fine What's your what's not mate? Uh, well mine again is basketball mm-hmm. um, playoffs best time of the year Rajon Rondo broke his thumb it's completely ruined the Boston Chicago series They were he like, was on fire they were two zip up they'd stolen home court completely from Boston and then they just gave two games back straight away because he's not out there he's almost averaging a triple double in the series and um, you know they've had to have Carter Williams in and it's uh, it's not pretty and you know he's a guy that makes he's, he sort of is a glue guy when he's switched on and he was getting everyone their shots and defending really
0: well and you know, if he can't get back for that series, I can't see Chicago winning a game. What do you think about? Um, well, OKC are out of the finals now. Houston knocked them out. So James Harden versus Russell Westbrook, um, interesting battle. But clearly Houston, because one, because OKC are so reliant on one player, and I think yeah. we saw that he clearly needs more support um, yeah. after the game. There was a press conference with Russell and Stephen Adams, one of his yeah. teammates, and a journalist asked um, a question of Stephen saying, um, how does your team go? or How is it performing when Russell is off the court? It's a problem for them at the moment. Let's just have a quick listen to what Scotty.
2: I don't want nobody to try to split us up. We are one team. Regardless, if I go to the bench and Steven's on the floor, if I'm off the floor, we're in this together. Don't split us up. Don't try to split us up. Don't try to make us go against each other, try to make against Russell... And the rest of the guys, Russell against Houston. I don't, I don't want to hear that. We in this together. We playing as a team, and that's all that
0: matters. Legitimate question, isn't it, mate? Why, what's happening to your team when your star's not on the court? Yeah, I think it's a legitimate
1: question, and I think though, his answer is a legitimate answer, that he doesn't want it to be split and the story be driven in a way where it's Westbrook versus team or his team versus Westbrook, and that's what I took out of what Russell was trying to say there. And, it happens across world sport, really, doesn't it? You know, trying to drive a wedge between a team, and I and I do think it's a legitimate question mm. that you
0: can ask. But I loved his answer. Did you? I don't think he was driving a wedge at all. What we see in the NBA that second units are, can be very successful, when they run teams, and teams need to score and be able to defend with their second unit. He was just asking about that second unit and and uh, and how they were going. I don't think he was trying to drive a wedge or anything like that. Yeah, but I think
1: what Westbrook's saying is that the team needs to, to get that chemistry better. And it's not about him being on the floor, or him being off the floor, that the chemistry is most important. And he wasn't going to let the story be driven in a way that it was, you know, Westbrook's on fire and his teammates pretty much suck. Would you jump so into
0: a presser like that? In defi- in, you know, speak on behalf of one of your teammates?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like the idea of throwing sort of any teammates into it because then it becomes about the name you speak about. So I think with any team sport you're all in it together and you never ever should rely on one player and you always rely on
0: you know strength in numbers what did you think mate when Alistair Clarkson teed off at a couple of Herald Sun journos and then uh, Wayne Carey as well um, yeah you know, I've I've seen the is it Clarkson and Robinson
1: thing I found I thought that was strange that I don't know the facts, just reading what's in the paper. And well, and Robbo
0: wrote, wrote a st- uh, version of the story um, and then needed to update it after he spoke to Alistair Clarkson um, and the new version didn't go on the paper. There was a yeah. production
1: So I'm, a, I'm probably assuming no, that Clarko doesn't know that part of the background of the story.
0: He didn't when he teed off him in the press yeah, conference. So then
1: it's probably probably fair and justified. How
0: do you think, how do you think the media, how do you think we're going?
1: Um, Ooh, I, really? I agree with what Clarkson said. There probably needs to be more account. Um, with the media and I I do tend to think that it's always a negative spin. You know, you could play the greatest game of footy, you know, say Melbourne, Richmond the other night, for example, great spectacle. Um, And then three out of the four stories will be written about how Melbourne choked or didn't win that game of footy when it could be three out of the four talking about what Richmond actually did well to win that game of footy. Mm. Um, You know, I think the balance could always drift more to the positive and you know because it shapes so many people's opinions and views and um but yeah i think with the with the Clarkson stuff um you know obviously he didn't have the full background and at the time you probably felt you know i spoke to you on the phone for half an hour and you're just going to blatantly lie yeah so i think once the air was that was a cleared, bit unfortunate yeah. once the air is cleared they would both be fine I, i'd assume
0: when you you see come to the club today and were you were you interviewed were you asked by reporters questions were you on tv um wow.
1: Yeah, most most times after a loss, when we walk in here, there, um, out the front, and um, how do you, you go know. with that? So you you oh, walk yeah, across fine. the oval. Yeah, you're fine. It's I don't I don't mind stopping and talking because I've got the same answers for them that I had the night before when I spoke to them. And um, you know, I was asked a question yesterday <laughs> after the game. Um, was I disappointed that we lost? Yes. Can you expand on that? Well, give me a better question to work with. <laughs> Do you feel like, um, like you know, you could, like a question after the game? I'm assuming they've had a bit of time to think about what they're going to ask.
0: Yeah. Well, they can shape
1: shape of the question in a way that lets me talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Am
1: I am I disappointed?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: If I win, are you excited? Yeah.
2: So shape a question to Jay. Yeah. Who do you you who do you report to? Did you get
1: do you get like after an article,
0: great article or that was poor? or is it just it is much the, the feedback is usually much more negative you can write a good story and you don't you don't you very rarely get pats on the back people read it saying oh that was a that was a great story you know it's just i guess that's what's expected really yeah. and read, you you want it to be good but if you do stuff thing up or, or you make a mistake with social media now you know it blows yeah, up that's, quickly that's not like everyone deals with social
1: media, but like who holds you
0: to account? Oh, like
1: You can't be held to account on oh, social media no, because they've course. got thousands of
0: views. Yeah. Well, if you, usually if you make a mistake, and we you know, we like to think we don't make too many, your phone <laughs> rings before 8 a.m. Like if you've made a bad one, yeah, yeah. Um, your phone will blow up before 8 a.m. And that, and that's always and what happens don't. if you made a bad one. Well, you've got to correct it, really. And that's How? what we do. Well, you've got to write a story the next day. You've got to put something online and say – you want to know what, what my biggest mistake is? This would be awkward, but... Yeah. Is it, is it time for Braden? Do you want to hear this? I think it's time for this. Oh.
2: It's about time you gave something. It's
0: awkward. Um... So I was working in Geelong about uh, – well, it would have been about 10 years ago. So I was about a 23-year-old. And you remember when Jimmy Bartel was involved in that sort of – not a head clash, but he got concussed near the boundary line. I think it was against Melbourne at the MCG. I was talking to his mum a day or two later because she was right near where that incident happened. And the story was just sort of about, oh, you know, what was that like watching your boy get concussed like that? It must have been horrible, you know, very difficult because you could see her on the television thing. And she said to me that he'd broken his neck in that incident and – I oh, no. reported that. Oh, right? So I thought, wow, you know, this is a big story. Jimmy Bartell, very naive at the time, still learning, cutting my teeth, learning the ropes. And, and I didn't bounce it off the football club. I reported that Jimmy Bartell suffered a broken neck. And sure enough, the football club the next day said, well, that's untrue. He's not broken his neck he's just got a concussion and that was an important lesson for me at the time that you need to check these things even though it come from jimmy bartell's mum who i did apologize to and apologize to jimmy about this um you gotta check and triple check etc and that was an experience for me that sort of i learned from but uh yeah otherwise if you do make that map that, that sort of mistake you do get really blunt feedback from yeah. your know, sports editor your chief of staff um, and you can't make too many of them, really, yeah, because yeah. it smashes your reputation and um, you're in real trouble thereafter. But certainly, you know... Well, I remember when I was when I was young mm. and I used to read the paper on a, just
1: on a Saturday or yep. Sunday. The best thing I used to read about and what I loved was reading about players and finding out about what they did, what made them tick. Yep. Um, you know, those, those positive stories I loved as a kid because it was like, oh... You know, Lenny Hayes goes to the beach three times a week. Like, I'm going to start doing that. I want to be like Lenny Hayes. And I don't know how much that happens anymore.
0: The good point, I think one thing we keep trying to come back to is put our star players on a pedestal. And that's we probably don't do enough. We, you know, When Jimmy Bartel was playing, put him on a pedestal and say, why is Jimmy Bartel such a good player? And that was interesting to listen to you talk about your five, most admired players or, yeah. or rivals over the journey. And we probably do get sucked into the negative a little bit. Yeah. But that is what creates the big headlines and the drama and the controversy and the... You know A lot of the follow up talk If you're yeah. right I've written plenty of Nice features about players yeah. And it doesn't You know Get the same sort of traction Or you know Create the same sort of debate yeah. um, So there is that But I think you're absolutely right We could put Our, our guns our coaches Our players um, On a pedestal wall Yeah um, Agreed And that's probably an issue Hey before we finish up Here today Let's talk Should we talk about boxing Because your man Matt, I, Are you going to meet Manny Pacquiao Is I'm that hoping right I'm to I've put the feelers out In <laughs> numerous fields <laughs> um,
2: so, so you've got Joe Ingalls and now you get Manny, well, Manny Pacquiao. Stuff, Joe's Pacquiao.
1: gonna be done. He's locked in okay. on the show. But you to, you Manny that. Pacquiao what? and yes. I don't he's in my top two favourite athletes ever. Michael Jordan one, Pacquiao two. Why
0: is that? You don't strike I, me as a
1: you know a I love man. <laughs> I love boxing. Why is that How, why is that you think? Well a bit of family history. My um dad did a little bit and yeah. um, Brucey brucey and then um you know he, he's adopted but we looked into his family history and his dad was a professional boxer is that right um i think at one stage was the middle, middleweight champion of um of england
0: is that right
1: um yeah so it's a chapter and I, your autobiography when you finish yeah, up. <laughs> and it's funny though because i don't know since the eight like a really young age i've always loved boxing and um you know i've followed pacquiao ever since he fought lewaba um on 10 days notice and and Lebwaba was a guy from South Africa that no one wanted to fight, and Pacquiao steps in on ten days' notice and wow. beats the bejeebus out of him. Yeah, um, he's a great story, Manny. He. Oh, he's come from nothing and now is an icon in the Philippines. Probably the most famous person
0: ever to yeah. come from the Philippines. He's a senator and one of the greatest boxers. So he, unbelievable, he boxer. Was, yeah, so poor he was homeless. He slept on the bridges. He's old man left the house early. He, well, he lied, he lied about his age to start fighting. Yeah For like a couple of bucks a Yeah
1: f- A fight in the yeah. street. Yeah So lied about his age to fight And I think why everyone loves him Is because he's An aggressive fighter And he goes forward all the time And um, You know Even if he's got the scorecards One You know Ten rounds to nil In the 11th round He's going out there to knock you out I think um,
0: he's Loved him 59 and 6 His record Jeff Horn The Australian The Queensland school teacher Yeah Um Good fighter. Uh, who he's fighting. He's 16-1. and one. He's rising up the ranks. Yeah. Has he got any chance, Scotty, against your man?
1: Well, I think it could be one of the greatest moments in Australian sporting history if he upsets Pacquiao. Really? Well, this is a guy who was involved in the richest fight ever in boxing the against Pacman, Pac-Man Mayweather. Um, and now an Aussie's got a chance to, to go against Pacquiao. He's going to be a massive underdog, but if he can get up, it will be... Close to the greatest sporting
0: moment in Australia. Now, since you're such a boxing analyst, what has he got to do? Our man, my man, Jeff Horn, the school teacher. What has he got to do to knock off? Well, see, I'm your torn man, because
1: Pacquiao said he's top two for me, so <laughs> I don't want to give away any trade secrets. You're in his corner. P-
0: Picture yourself. You're in his corner, Jeff. You sort of rubbing. You're a your cat man. Well, you you're sort of
1: rubbing his shoulders. Well, I've watched so many of Pacquiao's fights, and it seems the one thing he does he does get reckless. And if and Jeff Horn is over aggressive, over aggressive. But that's yeah. why you love him, and that's. Yep. To to have a chance you've got to willing to fire you know, fire away when he's firing at you and more often than not though, Pacquiao's the one who catches you. So you gotta try and catch him lunging in, but at the same time, <laughs> you gotta be prepared to wear one yourself. And you know, they're all gonna know that. But you've got to take risks, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough fight. So you think Manny will win, clearly? Yeah, I'd, I think he'll win. What round? And TKO or go um, the distance? Oh
1: look I reckon Manny could stop him in the late rounds. You think um, he could last? Yeah, absolutely. He's a good fighter. He's a good fighter and he's tough. But just a um,
2: solid
0: fighter.
1: Yeah, well, oh, in his last fight, he got put down and bounced straight back up and he's tough and, and he'll go. But, you know, you're talking about one of the best boxers ever. Goats. So, um, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm torn, and Aussie, and one of my favorite ever. So, very much looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I can't watch it because I'm playing on that day. Are so, you kidding? Um, so, July two. That.
0: Yeah, I'll record um, that and watch that. Up at Suncorp. So is that? Yeah. So it's a Friday night or Saturday night?
2: Uh, it's a Sunday.
0: Sun, Sunday you'd be yeah, playing. Yeah. So
2: if you're a laid out, we know why. If <laughs> I'm a laid out and you
1: see me at the fight. <laughs> when's Alex due? Three weeks. Okay. Roughly three to four. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's like the GWS Hawthorne time frame. Pack your bag, yeah? Get your
0: bag. Waited. We did pack your bag and it was a huge bag. You're getting nervous? He's, he's got more clothes than me. Alex excited? We're both excited of and s- nervous. stuff on Instagram, she's got lots of little cute suits. You got little cot set up, mate. It's, uh, I built that
1: cot and it doesn't need to be built for another three months. Apparently, they don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the Thanks little, for the sore back. You got <laughs> a
0: little uh, bassinet. Hey, lastly, concussion. So in boxing, you get uh, knocked out, you get concussed. Um, not knocked out. you When you do get concussed you know, It's a mandatory three month uh, break for you yep. In footy There's no mandatory break yep. You can If you pass the cognitive test Which players may or may not fudge It's a bona contention But we'll, we'll get to that another time um, They can play the next week Should there be mandatory break for players When they get concussed? Well, I think if, Surely uh, there should be, Scotty well, I think it's it's a difference
1: Because in boxing you can get stunned Dazed Yeah, dazed, knocked down even Yeah And within 10 seconds later You're allowed to get back out there and fight You know, despite you get knocked down Despite seeing stars Yeah, yep. despite being concussed Whereas in our game If you get concussed and you see stars You're done for the day mm. So it's almost But then, you know That fighter might be able to fight For 36 minutes Um and he eats, Yeah, and he eats You know, 200 punches to his head But he's still allowed to fight Because he doesn't drop mm. And then Doesn't seem right does does it? It? Yeah, so it's a, you know, it's a weird sport But um, Yeah, and then in our game you know, you're pretty much the first sign of you know seeing stars. You're done for the day and potentially another week. And I think I think the ones and it's very like concussion. Who knows? It's so much research on it at the moment. You just got to trust the the medical staff to we don't to have make the full right core. Yet. No, we don't. And you don't want to be twenty years down the track finding out some scary stuff. So, mm. you know, I think I think in the near future there will be a mandatory
0: one week. It's inevitable.
1: I, I think agree so. with I, Yeah, absolutely. It's the health of the player, and yeah. you know when you see those. Yeah, you know, those real sickening ones when you realise the guy's gone stiff in the arms. The Geordie Lewis. The yeah, and, one. yeah,
0: and they're out. Um, I think in that case, most players don't play anyway for a week or two. Yeah, Angus Brayshaw from Melbourne dealing with another concussion. I mean, Griffiths from Richmond also. Uh, we don't want to say his career's in jeopardy, but he's an absolutely serious concern. We've seen lots of players. Your old former teammate, Heredia Lamumba yep. retired because of concussion. Sean Dempster, Dempster, Justin Clark, Jonathan Brown. Um, there's been a few guys. Matty Maguire also. Um you're sort of still dealing with some really scary issues, to be honest. Memory and concentration lapses. Um, you know, it is a really scary, um, really scary issue. Um, we're a S- mouthguard. Yeah. Have you been concussed? Uh, a
1: couple of times. Not, Not recent. Not in yeah, any no, recent months. No, I got a knee to the head like a few years ago. That was the last time. You me. done the brain testing? Yeah, it's a card. It's like a card game. Yeah, but you do it at the start of the year. So, for example, if you're talking in drinking terms. You do it sober, and then they try and test you again. So it's like a breath test. You know, when to test if you've been drinking or not. And? And if you concussed, you're a bit dazed and out of it, like you would be maybe after four or five beers. So to put it in context for the people.
0: Before we leave, you answer this... The uh, people. You answer this honestly, Scotty. Do you know players who have (laughs) deliberately gone slower in their test so as that when they are concussed...
2: Uh, Playing possum.
1: Playing possum. No, because... I'll tell you right now, this test that you do, after you realise what it is, it is the most boring thing <laughs> that you'll do. So you do not want to sit there any longer than you have to. Mm. Maybe the attitudes of players have changed. Well, before um, we wrap up, yes. and
2: I mean, Scott, you've said you've um, reviewed the game. You re- Did you review the game so far? I did. And your own performance? I did. I've actually got a stat here of something that you were absolutely putrid in. Oh, boy. oh beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Out of 100... Percent of coin tosses, oh, 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 oh. you lost all of I them you lost did. every coin toss for the day how? well you, you followed the advice from the people and yeah well I was, I was told to go tails uh, yeah I so we, tails. we got from we got from uh, Paul Lennick here tails never fails kick to the southern end so you're kicking towards the members in the fourth uh, it's blitz MC said pick tails tails never fails and you picked tails and it failed so maybe it's not just my fault I didn't play well <laughs> the <laughs> people were this weighing is, me down you had the moz put on <laughs> you we, we also got one from Lucas Holmes 12 who said I finally got around to listening to the Jock and Journo podcast and he loved it so oh thanks mate that is very good thanks Lucas um, so this week just remember to uh, hashtag into Jock and Journo, your top 5 since 05 yes top 5 since 05
0: oh, hey, well, I want some key position players in there some bigs all right, I will maybe next next uh, next podcast. I will. Hey, Scotty, good luck against the Cats on Thanks, Sunday. Mate. I know you're a bit dirty about what happened at the weekend, but uh, hopefully uh, for the Magpies and the Magpies fans, you'll bounce back uh, straight back up at the weekend. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. We'll catch you next week. Thank you.